You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just it's yeah, an inside it's, joke. It's, that's basically what happened right now. Uh. Can I get on in an inside joke? No, it was just a nice drum kick. Nice yeah, drop. That's, you that's, had to be there. So air, was, air drums was in effect. That's, 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 that's enough. Right. Thank you guys for tuning in <laughs> to another episode of Black Hollywood Live. Next, I'm your host here, Nick Purdue, and I have the lovely, talented, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, what's up? My name is Megan Thomas, and I am from the Bahamas. I got rap Ooh. skills because I am trio. Oh, you should have okay. said with the Amas. Yeah. yeah, oh. yeah you There's nothing else. The Llama. And see, of course, our guest would know all about rapper because he's been around a lot of rappers. Who do we That's have That's right. We have Omar Miller. Omar Miller, give it up. How you doing, there it is. I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm good. chilling. Good I'm to have you. Trying to continue the rap set, but it was made. Yeah. Megan Thomas from the oh, Bahamas. No, How long did it take you to do that? You know what? I <laughs> Come came up, up with that. that in the ninth grade. I, I figured that's what them. I wanted to know. And you know how you know? Because oh. whenever someone's already come up with a rap, it includes their name. You know My what? name is Megan Thomas. That's messed up. From Omar. the Bahamas. You know that's what? what it is. You know Yokohamas what? Yokohamas on the Yes, I write on Yokohamas. This is what we're going to do. Steven, get us a beat so at the end of this interview, all of us are going to rap. Everybody got to throw. A I, hot don't, four. I, don't, I don't rap. A hot that's, four. That's very simple. I don't rap. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So rap. I'd rather work on Megan Thomas from the Bahamas. You know what? Right yeah, let's We will. We will. Some hacking. Watching out for piranhas. There you go. There you go. I li- Hold on. Let me write that. Right, piranhas. Yeah, yeah, you that, got piranhas right. as in Soros Rex. <laughs> got you. Then you could flex the next. Oh, I'm telling you, you might want to stop the uh, interview gonna, and just go press something on wax. Yes, we're Maybe. gonna. Then, yeah, we need then. to flow at the end of this. All right. There you go. So. Omar's rapping skills, I believe, came came from the mean streets of Los Angeles, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, lots listening to lots of inappropriate music for years and years <laughs> as an adolescent got me the ability to drop a a very decent twelve or sixteen. Yeah, so, so what what was it like growing up in L.A.? Uh, well, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, I was born in the late seventies, so I grew up throughout the eighties, and I got to see a lot of things change and. Went from living in Los Angeles to living in Orange County to back to living in Los Angeles. It's a lot of, you get to see a lot. There was a, yeah. a very diverse landscape in California, especially in Southern California. And it's, uh, you know, it influences everything. It influences my work. It influences the way I talk, way the way I drive, what I drive. What do you drive? I rode over here on a motor scooter, actually. It was a Vespa. It's cold <laughs> out. So I have chap lips. That works. It's very, very hipster of you. Very, uh, you know, uh, that's what it is. That is. From my time I spent near the beach. There you go. Right. Where are you from in L.A.? I, I actually, I'm from Orange County. I lived in Orange uh-huh. County for the longest time. And uh, went to Canyon High School in Anaheim Hills. With the, we were the Comanches. It was lovely. <laughs> and, uh, and now I reside in this lovely San Gabriel Valley. So it was okay. outstanding. Definitely a Cali boy. Oh, yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to act? No, God, no. I didn't want to have anything to do with it for the longest time. I was, I never even thought of it as a like a viable profession in my mind. I, I thought about, you know, 
performance. I, you know, I was just like everybody else. You kind of think that somebody walks up to people in the mall and they're like, hey, man, you want to be in a movie? And you're like, yeah. Next thing you know, you're throwing, whipping a chain on an action movie or something. But, you know, I ended up <laughs> going to college. I went to go play sports. And then I, I stumbled into the theater and I found out that I loved it. And next thing I know, I was there. Wow. I was, you know, it, it kind of rolled into a much bigger career. What kind of sports were you playing? Baseball. I played baseball and basketball. What was your position in baseball? I pitched. Played first base. Nice. Pretty much. There's yeah. no Vaughn. Everything, everything right. but catcher. Anything but catcher. catcher right. wasn't my move. So how has being, because you're 6'6", six, six, right? Yeah. Tall dude. Has that helped your career and how has it helped? Um, I don't know. It's just helped me in life. Uh, being tall is a good thing. It's only bad when you try to fit into like small vehicles or clothes <laughs> or something. But other than that, it's... Uh, the Lord's done a lot of the work for me. I, I have a, a great presence, and a lot of it has to do with size. There's other factors, too, but sometimes it can come into play as a detriment because mm. there's a lot of very, very compact actors in Hollywood. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of men that are very small, like you. So, and then... It just, you know, I, I remember they told me, the producers told me, actually, that I almost lost a gig in 8 Mile because uh, they thought I was going to be too tall standing next to the rest of the guys. Mm. Wow. And so, usually, that's like the number one thing I get when people see me in person is, why are you so much taller in person? Or that I'm not ugly. I, I guess the camera does something very awkward to <laughs> me. <laughs> it's terrible. What can you do? It's worked out, though, so I can't right. really complain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, you know... I, We've we've heard and we've we've seen this uh, comparison to uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, right. And was so, that you that made the lie the lie on Wikipedia that, about yeah, <laughs> that no, I'm he, Forrest's nephew? Because no, <laughs> we were trying to figure that. Like, why do people think that you're related to Forrest Whitaker? I have no idea. The only Granted. people who don't believe that are me, Forrest, and <laughs> our parents. <laughs> I was going to do a movie with Forrest, and it was funny because he and I were the people there that were like. Did not like look feel like we were looking at a mirror, and other people were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's just, yeah. okay. I think I can see the resemblance. I can kind of see it, but I don't know why people would just automatically assume that. Yeah, I, you know what? I stopped. It used to make me upset, but I stopped. I started to to look at it a different way, and I've realized that people are very, very good at trying to make things simple. Mm. So that what they want to do is they want to say, "You look like blah blah blah," and you look like blah blah blah. Man, yeah. you could be a stunt double for blah, blah, blah. That's what people used to tell me all the time. Like, that was going to be a grand compliment. You know what you could do, man? You could get some stunt work for Forrest Whitaker. I was like, good. And all the That's stunts cool. that he does in his movies. You should Exactly. All that running in, in vantage point. You, that could have been you. That could have been me. That could have been, been you right there. And the thing is, is that's cool, but it's just, uh, I found that it's a way that people do... And a lot of times people, I still have yet to ask for is that people do that to him at all. If people come up to him and say, man, you're great on CSI. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I wonder because, only because I know how people, they really, they simplify things. They, right. they try to say, because they know Forrest Whitaker because of his massive talent and his, yeah. you know, massive fame and the Oscar winner and the whole nine. I think that it's easier for them to just say, ah, yeah, instead of actually trying to find out. You better ride those coattails. You're going to be like, oh, my, my uncle didn't put me in a movie. You sound like the same person that's telling me about becoming a stump. I'm all right. My coattails <laughs> doing a okay. No, you, you, Your uncle's hating on you. You know, you know, you guys should do it because you know his uh, movie Black Nativity is coming coming out. Yeah. So you guys should walk the red carpet and be like, oh my god, I'm they're different and, people. Yeah, and the people. Who knew? Like, oh yeah. No, <laughs> there's that. But actually, we're in competition with Forrest's movie, so I can't walk the red oh, carpet. Oh, you can't. You can't do the red carpet for that. Yeah, it's true. Sucks. It's all right. But it's like that sometimes. Your uncle takes your shine every time. 
Why are you perpetuating? It's not funny. You're perpetuating. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. A stereotype, a rumor, know, really. Right. right. <laughs> we thought we were trying to extinguish. Yeah, that was that was the that was the point. He's not Forrest. He's not or, or related. He's not related to Forrest Whitaker. Uh, everybody, please uh, stop saying that. Starting but, with you. <laughs> right. But you uh, did do three hip hop movies, right? And so you were yeah. you were in uh, three. Yeah, I did do three. I did do three. Mm-hmm. See, you're an obstacle. Yes, with Eve, kicked Eve it off. Water. Yeah, you play a part now. I since the womb, me being a tycoon. Yeah, you know, uh, I did, and that was the first thing that I ever did in my life. The very first audition I ever had or anything. Wow. I was in college, and uh, and I had this great professor who had uh, he was always open to me. Uh, to take his courses, mm. and whether it was a late ad or whether it was uh, the first one I took actually was a, a general education drama five class, and he was the teacher. Mm. And he told me, "Say, hey, man, I, th- I think you have something. I think you can, you know, you can make some noise in this thing." And I was, I really, my head was so in a different space with athletics and everything. I didn't think about it at all. Yeah. Didn't even entertain the idea. And once I went back to him and I asked him, I said, "Hey, man, you know, it, it's funny. I was just in Jamaica, and Flex was there. Flex Alexander was yeah, there." Yeah. One of the things that got me involved in acting was that I had a barbecue at my house when I was in college. And there was a bunch of people at the barbecue. And then when they left, there was this couple of girls that were like, you should really look into acting. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm washing dishes. Everybody leaves. And I sat down, and Homeboys in Outer Space was on TV. <laughs> and I got to tell Flex's story the other day. It made me so happy. Because you never know who's watching. Right. And Homeboys in Outer Space was on. And I remember a light bulb went off. I was watching the show, and I was like, they're getting paid to do this. <laughs> and yeah. I couldn't, I, it, like, it hadn't really registered to me right. that you may actually go to school to do something performance-related or, you know, fame-related yeah. because it's talent-related. And, uh, and and I went back to that professor and I said, hey, man, is there anything that you, you know, any way you think I can get paid doing this acting thing? He said, actually, I got, a, I got an audition to send you to right now for an independent film, right. but you uh-huh. have to agree to act in the theater for me next semester. And so I said, yeah, for sure. And the audition was for Obstacles, strangely wow. enough. And so I went I went and did the audition, and they hired me. That's dope. There you go. Right. Yeah, you for go. young E-40. And then you uh, you did 8 Mile with Eminem. Well, that right? was the Whopper. That, that one, that one uh, that really changed things around. Yeah. That was yeah. a big, really what, big what, what was it like being on set? Just, you know, because awesome. like awesome. It, it seemed like it was like a very grimy type movie. So. It was. And then they had the right cast for it yeah. because they had a bunch of grimy dudes, a <laughs> bunch of young, grimy, hungry, witty, you know, really sharp people. There was a lot of very strong male personalities on that set. Yeah. And so really... I wish I had. I wish it was like it is now, where you can videotape things with your phone and you know your watch and all this different stuff. Because right. there was some legendary roasts that took place on the Eight Mile set. Oh wow! Everybody could get it. I mean, wow. you. There was anybody that you can think of was made fun of to the point of tears at some point on that set. It was even great. even Kim Basinger. Except for Kim, because they they had something where Kim came for three weeks and shot her stuff, and they were like, "Don't look at her in the eyeballs." Or something. <laughs> she left, but we didn't have any stuff with her. Like the crew, yeah, was, yeah. none of our stuff was was right. related to hers. You know, she had I was almost like a different portion of the film with her right. and Marshall together. Right. So we didn't, except for her, but any of the guys in in either of the crews in the free world or three one third, it was raw. So besides Eminem, who had the the the, the best you know like rap skills. I tell you, on the real, Mackay mm. Pfeiffer was nice with the raps. Wow, if you really? guys ever get, yeah, he has a great story about how he was, 
he thought about being a rapper slash crack dealer for about 13 hours and then <laughs> had an experience and he got scared straight and he, he moved out of that and into something else that we see him on now. But, right. uh, yeah, apparently he was serious about rapping for a while. So he had he had skills. There was a lot of dudes who could rap on that, man. There was a lot of talented people around that project. Wow. Right. I remember when Brandon Jackson was an extra on the project. And and he came and he was like, hey, man, we can work together one day, man. I was like, mm. cool. I'm, this is like my first job. We can work together now. <laughs> and uh, and now he's huge. You know, he blew up and things are going well. There's a lot of different talent that came out of that. Yeah. And what, are you, he, what are your rap skills looking like? What's, uh, tardy. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, they're a little delayed at this point. But if I needed to, my life depended on it, I could, I could come up with something clever, I'm okay. sure. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of things rhyme with, with Miller. It's, there it is, <laughs> almost like Thomas and, and Bahamas. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, we're going deep, killer. Exactly. Man, I might w- throw in Phyllis Diller. You oh, never man. know. Is that we go? We got all kind of references. We gonna say that for the end. Yeah, yeah. Say, but we need a harder beat than that. I was just gonna say the phony Dr. Dre beat was awesome though. It was very a la you know early Eminem, right? It was very, it was very right. it sounded then, like the beginning of back that ass up. Actually, it did a little bit. Right? I thought yeah. that's what we were doing. Working with some ass for the nine nine in the two thousand. Come on, you already know. Backed it up for that jam a couple times. Find that footage. We find out. So and then because you, you also did uh, get rich or die trying, yeah, with Fifty Cent, yeah, or, or Curtis Jackson. He was fifty right? was, at that time. He was, was fifty at that was time. 50, yeah, and uh, and it was cool. That was that was cool because that was uh, a lot of the same team that produced Eight Mile, and you know I kept in touch with those guys, and we had such success with the first one, and they yeah. had something for me to do with the second one, and you know that director is a very very the most uh, celebrated Irish director in the world in, in film history, Jim Sheridan. Mm multi-Oscar winner, nominee, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was a great opportunity to work with him. That's good. Yeah. It's different, but it was it was very different. Very different. The the, the tone of the set and just the, the situation was very different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. You've done a lot of great work. I would say your body of work is very versatile. Thank God. Wait till you see this new one. I can't wait. What I are you doing? Are you singing? I saw it last night. You twerking? What are you doing? No, this I'm line. not singing or twerking. <laughs> Dang, okay. And I am also not related to Forrest. <laughs> but no, no, no. This is a, this is a, you know an action drama, and it it may really played. It really played this film Homefront with Jason Statham. It really yeah. played at the premiere the other night, and it was great because the premiere was in Las Vegas, and okay. as opposed to a Los Angeles premiere right. where it could be us in the studio for two and a half hours at the end, people were like, ooh. That was, mm, you guys, right. y'all did it. That was it's Oscar worthy. Yeah. These are regular people who were like shouting at the screen and, oh, you know, it was really, good. really cool. Yeah. And it played really well. Okay, we got to get back to that because that is so amazing and I want to spend some time on that. But I have to ask you about this movie. In 2004, you were in Shall We Dance? Mm, yeah. And Maya, God. the beautiful Maya, who I am such a big fan of, was your fiance in the movie and you had a dance scene. Yeah. How was that? It was cool. It was crazy. It was very humbling because. I spent, I got the job late. They'd already been filming or they had already prepped. or mm-hmm. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I got the job late. I think somebody else actually got hurt or sick, the other man that was going to be in the film. Okay. And, um, and I was supposed to be doing another film. Well, when all of those things happened, it opened up the role, it opened up my schedule, blah, 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 connected the dots. Harvey Weinstein thought it was a good idea to get me in the movie. I was in the movie. It was a good time. Well, they had already been dancing for like six, seven weeks mm-hmm. and right. learning how to dance for that grand number at the end. Yeah. Right. I started, and I had about four and a half, five weeks to learn how to do ballroom dancing in the whole nine. Wow. So it was really difficult. 
Maya got the job three days before we shot and picked the whole thing up in three days. And I was like, hmm. I thought I was making progress. It was very humbling. But right. she was great. She's yeah. so light because she's an actual dancer, you know, yeah. other than being a singer. Um, yeah, she's so light on her toes. And it was it was great. It was great to feel up on Maya. Wasn't bad. I know. Yeah. That's a pretty decent job. How, do you, how would you rate your dance skills after that? You know, it's ballroom dancing is a funny thing because you have to keep up with it. And mm-hmm. I don't still go ballroom dancing on the weekend, so I can give you basic steps, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to recite the actual routine from the film 10 years ago. Do you have two left feet, though, when it comes to any kind of dancing? Or do you, can you dance? Or can you hold no, your no, own? No, I can dance. You can? Yeah. You're a black man. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean nothing. But he's, but, he's, really? but he's from L.A. He's a black man yeah. from L.A. So. Nick, dancing, so can dancing you, is big in L.A. Yeah, I'm can, sure he can dance. No, can you dance, Nick? I have a strong two-step, and that's all I need. There it is, all you need. And I'm sure you can put variations in that two-step. Exactly. <laughs> Stop it could for be a, a exactly. two-step cha-cha. It could be right? a two-step pasa doble. And you know, foxtrot, like, <laughs> two-step, whatever, however you want it. But listen, if, if if I'm at the club and I'm dancing with white girls, I just got to make sure that they stay on beat. That's the only thing that I'm, I'm worried about is them being on beat, and I'm cool. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is. That's so it. That you got a strategy. That makes exactly. you. That means you can dance because you can. Yeah. Can. Lord, I'm going to have to work with you. <laughs> I'm going to have to work with you. <laughs> but uh, you you also did uh, Miracle on St. Anna. Yeah, yes. that's my or personal favorite. At St. Anna, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah, and the monster cast. Yeah, the monster and there's cast. a lot of folks in in, right. in in that movie. So just what what one, what was that experience like, and then what was it like working with Spike Lee? Awesome on both fronts. The movie changed my life. I had to lose 70 pounds to get in that movie. Wow. Because I, was, I did a film before that called The Express, and it was a football film, and yeah, I played so a big, that, yeah. huge offensive lineman. Yeah. And... Um, and so I was trying to play a soldier in this next film, and they filmed almost back-to-back. And I, I remember I got an alert on an email that Spike was casting a film. And I had read that book about four years earlier. Um. And I remember when I read the book, I was like, this is literally my dream role. This is my ideal role. Right. Wow. And I, got, I called my agent. I was like, I just got to get in a room with Spike. And I knew Spike socially, um, not as well as I know him now, but I knew him socially. So I, uh, she got me in a room with Spike, and uh, I prepared and prepared. I did the role, and he was like, all right. Take off your shirt. All right, baby. <laughs> weight got me nervous. Nervous about the weight. <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. I got time. What time we got? I'm going to lose the weight. <laughs> How you going to lose it? I said, I got it. Don't worry about it. So we had to go through this exercise uh, regimen where literally I was going in. It was like the biggest loser. I would go in and get weighed every week. Wow. And uh, uh. they would report the, the results to Spike while he was in Italy casting the little boy and all this different stuff. Yeah. So. Ended up losing, like, I think 54 pounds in nine weeks or wow. something like that. It was great. Wow. And then um, then getting out there and shooting was just mind-blowing, just life-changing. Yeah. I, I'm a believer that the world would be a better place if Americans traveled more. Right. Yeah. Especially outside of the United States. And uh, this is one of the main reasons I feel that way. Because we end up shooting, like, four or five months there. And right. now I go to Europe every year and all this oh, different stuff. Good. And it's... There's just so many different ways of living, you know, and yeah. just to, to get out of life, especially for us as black people. There's so much more. Right. No. So now, like, w- was there anything that you learned specifically from Spike working on that? On Absolutely. That I mean, I, I think Spike's maybe his strongest attribute is entrusting his casting. Mm. Mm. And and I'm not just saying that because I was in the movie, but once he hires the person, the work is on you. Mm. It, right. It's on you to create the work, and he's going to make you look great. Mm. So you handle your part, he'll handle his part. And if you don't come to play, he won't put the camera on you. <laughs> it's amazing to see. I yeah. saw it where he would do you do a rehearsal, and, 
And then it's just say, okay, okay, go. You do the thing, and they walk up and be like, that's what you're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, two cameras over here. You're like, well, wait, that was going to be. Wow. So, it's, you know, he was he's a real expert at what he does, man. He's a, he's a great filmmaker, and, yeah. and hopefully he, he has the opportunity to make more and more films because he has such a unique perspective yeah. uh, on, on every piece of his that comes out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now, were there any similarities be between you and your character, Private Sam Trey? Just that he's a giant. He's a big, <laughs> huge dude. Chocolate giant. Yeah. Chocolate, yeah. yes. He's a, he's a big, huge dude, and he has, um, uh, he's from the South. My parents are Southern. And uh, it's just, I don't know, there was a lot about that that I really appreciated. Mm. Because the way that the approach that I took to it wasn't that he was dumb. He just had a different uh, perspective on intelligence. He was very. He had a lot of common sense. Just didn't have a lot of book sense. Right. So it's. Uh, I, I really loved that. I loved that film. I loved that role. Really wish it could have been seen by more people. You know. Why do you say that? That's your favorite out of all the work that you've done. Just because of the, what I got to do, the challenge that was posed to me from, from physically to performance okay. to the actual location of where we shot. I mean, the movie took me around the world. We shot in Italy. Uh, the film shot in Italy, New York, Louisiana, and the Bahamas. Wow. And I, I was in Louisiana and Italy. Um, I ended up going to the Middle East because of that film to be like the ambassador of the film for the film festivals. Oh, nice. So I got to go to the United Arab Emirates and I was in Abu Dhabi and Dubai and all this great stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just it, the film literally took me around the world. And, and just the all-encompassing nature of it, it was awesome. Right. Really. Wow. Yeah. It was a real, like, life-changing experience. Now, there, there's been some talk about a lot of these racially charged films, or these yeah. racially themed films that have, have been coming out. And so, you know, because you've only done maybe like one or two, quote unquote, like racially themed films. Yeah. So what do you what do you feel about, you know, just that title or just calling films that are you know, have a predominantly black cast, you know, like that they're like, oh, they're black movies or they're black films? Well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> if, yeah. if we have a film that has a black cast, it's a black movie. But I think that the, the, the conversation needs to be had, is it the same like people view people, yeah. where it, you have a drop, which means you're black? So is it that if you have a black writer, it's a black film? If you have a black director, is it a black film? Mm. If You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that I, I personally really enjoyed The Best Man Holiday, to, yeah. to the point where oh, I yeah. had to tweet an endorsement to Malcolm Lee and... Uh, I don't. I hardly ever endorse other people's work. Not even just because I like or don't like it, but just because it, it, they're the competition. <laughs> but I think that uh, that film was great. There's been a lot, of, a number of great films that I hate that it has to be so blanketed with the race element. Mm. I hate that people feel like they have to say, "Oh, it's good for a black movie," right. yeah. or "It's a it's a black film, so you should support it." I hate yeah. that that element to it because you should support what you like, and I, I actually believe you should support what's good, yeah. and and you know everybody's taste is is subjective to themselves. Right. Right. But with that, there's a definite bias that that occurs in Hollywood that takes place on on almost every level. So hopefully, I believe that the generation younger than mine, because of hip-hop, I think this is one of the positive benefits of hip-hop, and I know it sounds like I'm going way off the deep end on this, <laughs> with okay. black films and hip-hop, but I, I think that because of, uh, because of the hip-hop generation and the fact that most of the people who have bought hip-hop from the 80s on have been non-black people mm. and actually have, actually have brought that to be such a vibrant economy, I think because of that, the culture is getting a bit better accepted and known. 
So hopefully we can get our own people in positions that can greenlight films and television shows. Mm. And also some of people who may not be our own as far as our skin color goes, but they may have an affiliation and understanding with the culture based on their musical taste or their film taste or something to that effect, which then in turn will open the door more and more so we can just start having great films. And not they don't have to be great black films. Right. Or it doesn't have to be one person that holds the whole race down. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, Spike is our director. Tyler Perry is the guy. Right. Blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be that. You can right. just actually be a, a great director, actor, whatever. I mean, part of the reason you said, like, you talked about the racially themed films or charged films, however you want to put it. You know, I saw USA Today got in hot water for that. Yeah. Um, part of the reason I don't have a lot of that on my resume is because... I make a conscious effort for to have the diversity in my work right. because I don't, I don't. That's not my experience in life right. for it to only be one way, right. you know. And and hopefully we can start stretching out in that sense. And and as far as viewing and creating films, yeah. okay. And and definitely going along with that, talking about the diversity that you have in your resume, you starred as Walter Simmons in um, CSI Miami. 63 episodes. Great example of yeah. uh, of, right. of diversity. And, and I'm not saying it for me. I'm just talking about in general. If you look at the cast and, right. and if you guys could have seen the cast, the crew, uh, the writing staff, blah, 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 the editors, that, that I have nothing but kudos for the, for the Jerry Bruckheimer Television Company uh, because that was a diverse scenario that makes you feel very comfortable when you go to work. Mm-hmm. And the, the proof was in the pudding. You know, you could see it. Yeah. We had we had shows where right. sometimes this guy's the bad guy, sometimes that woman's the good guy or the bad girl or the blah blah blah. There was never one you know lumping that went yeah. on. Yeah. Right. What was that experience like working on that show for that long? Different. I mean, I, I never done television for more than an episode or two prior to that. Right. And um, and this thing, I mean, it was a real juggernaut. By the time I got on, they were already you right. know huge yeah. and. It really just stretched out my reach as an artist because now I'm wherever I land anywhere on the planet, everybody sees CSI Miami. Right. It's, a, it's yeah. a giant, giant show, and I, it's just a real blessing to get to be a part of it. Did you know you were going to be on that many episodes when you first started? It was great because the way that they posed it to me was that they created a role for me and that mm. it would to do a few of them and to report back whether or not I wanted to stay because they were they oh, were wow. happy to have me. And, you know, it's a real blessing because you don't get that yeah. kind of opportunity. Yeah, right. There was a lot of respect involved uh, in, in creating the role for me. So mm. I went and I did it, and I had a great time. I had a great time with the cast and, and the crew, and, and I was like, why would I not want to do this? Yeah. Especially right. in the midst of um, what we're talking about with the state of film and with all of the classification that has to go into a black film or right. this yeah. or that. And part of that is the reason I took the role, to be honest, <laughs> because... I don't think that, you know, like Helen Mirren or uh, you you name Jodie Foster or anybody like that has to think when they take a role, I wonder how this is going to make white women overall look in the world. Right. Yeah. And for me, I, I definitely keep that in mind when I, when I choose things and when I do things. And I mm-hmm. think about, okay, now what is this actually saying? Right. Is there, a, is there a, a subversive message here that's actually negative? Is there some sort of agenda behind yeah. this portrayal or this imagery of some sort? And in this situation, I got to do a show where I got to play a cool authority figure that was also very intelligent and a scientist mm-hmm. for a few years that, that people could look up to. I thought that was a great thing. 
You did amazing. I loved you, you on that show. And I even loved you even more. I would say this is my personal favorite of your work. It's when you start as Chris on the love section. My man. I love love, the love section is on Netflix. If anybody wants to watch it, check out the love section. It is such a cute movie. Thank you. Tell me about that. How you got involved with that project? Uh, The the producer of the film is a man named Lawrence Adiza, who Mm -hmm. was in. uh, Strange enough, I'll give you a a long ways back. He's he started as an actor. He's from New York, and he um, he actually met Mackay Pfeiffer. On clockers. Mm. Okay. Now, after Mackay and I shot Eight Mile, we continued to hang out and be friends. And he introduced me to some of his friends, one of which was LA, to which me and him built a crazy friendship based around John Madden video games. <laughs> and so he became a really good friend of myself, my brother, my family. So then when he was going to produce this film, he produced another film years ago that we did together called Grinding. He asked me to do a little something in the film, I said, of course. Now, in this one, he produced this film, and he told me he was producing it, and another buddy of ours uh, who was a comedian who decided to get behind the camera named Ronnie Warner decided to direct. And that's how I got involved. They had a small thing for me to do in it. I, you know, I'm always always down for the homies, so we went right. and knocked it out. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you liked it. I love that movie. It's such a cute movie. Check it out. It's the love section on Netflix. Yeah, that's it's Devetta Sherwood. There's some really talented yeah. people in there. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. There you go. So now... Anyone who looks at your IMDb page, right, can see that you, it's ridiculous. It and, is and ridiculous. Just the people oh, you. that you have worked with, you know, the top actors and top act- actresses, the list goes on. Who has been your favorite person to work with? Wow, that's a tough one. Think wisely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one because I've, I've been, I've really been fortunate to have the positive uh, Hollywood experience where I don't run into a lot of jerks. Mm. I've actually forged some real right. friendships out of the, the you know, out of the the film world and the stuff that I've done, I don't really have one person, but there's been some real some great highlights. I mean, highlights uh, go. Tell us yeah, the highlights. Uh, one of my best friends in the world is uh, Bobby Cannavale, who was okay. in uh, oh, okay. who was in Shall We Dance? Okay. And a lot of you guys don't know him as Chip Rossetti from uh, from Boardwalk Empire. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a great time working with Michael Ely. Uh, he's yeah. a great guy. I had a great time working with Tori Kittles on Get Rich or Die Trying and Miracle at St. Anna. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time working with Evan Jones, who was Cheddar Bob in 8 Mile. And then oh, he yeah. did yeah, my yeah. small independent film together. And then we did uh, Lucky You, a poker film together. So there's it, there's, a, there's a long list. I, I, I have a lot of friends that I actually still keep in contact with from the movies, from the directors of the films to the actual actors of the films. Mm-hmm. And it's been... It's crazy. I've really, I've had a great run. I really have. You have, yeah. Okay. So now, you know, the whole Hollywood. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the, you just changed your tone. I, I, to be, <laughs> I need to take a sip of water to figure out where you're going with this. The, uh, now, the, uh, you know. The whole Hollywood lifestyle, right? And so, you know, being a, a Angelino, right? So, you know, people, there's a lot of transplants that, that come out. You know, everyone, you know, has wishful thinking of being an actor. And so they're waiters or waitresses and this and that. But, you know, they're actors. And so there's a big difference between people who wait tables and act versus people who act and have, like, a, not a legitimate, but have a substantial career and are really actively pursuing it. So how have you, uh, you know, had your career, like, be a substantial and be you know a career to where you're working constantly. oh man it's just a direct blessing from god there's no other way about it there's a lot of other talented people out there mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of people who can who can get down if they got the opportunity but hollywood is a very closed place it's and, true. It, and it's a very 
uh, as creative as it can be, can be as rigid as it can be. Right. And I was fortunate enough for some very influential and important people to recognize my talent and enjoy my presence. And they, those people tell other influential people because they seem to run in the same circles. And then they all want me in front of their camera, which, thank God, it's worked out in my favor, you know. I think that everybody starts at one point or another, if you're not tied in in the industry, you start as that actor slash, as mm. you call it. You know, actor right. slash, waiter slash, car mechanic slash, <laughs> part-time weed dealer, whatever right. it is that yeah. you do. Right. Medicinal, of course. But I think that um, I think that to create your living off of this is just a wonderful thing. There's some... Some very interesting downsides to it, but the, the positives way, way outweigh it. What are some downsides? You know, just the, the political game that goes along with being in the Hollywood system. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the downsides. It doesn't always allow for the most creativity. But, um, you know, even that is what the alternate is, is nowhere near as positive as the positives are. The upsides, you could write an almanac about the upsides okay. because there's so much experience and exposure and travel and you know stuff really can change your life it can really change your life in in a lot of good ways if you allow it to and if you hustle for it Mm. has fame been negative for you in any way um like you can't go to the store i was just about to say just just uh you can though you can go to the, (laughs) the what the cool part about it is is actually you can because the only thing that you have to do is just deal with the people who are going to ask you about why you're in your house shoes at the store. Right. That's what the whole thing is. But there's nobody to stop you. It's not like your boss is going to see you at the store in your house shoes and be like, oh, my goodness, we need to write Omar off. He was, I saw him at Vons in yeah. slippers. <laughs> it is never going to happen like that. So yeah. that part is actually – it's a trip. If there's a negative to it, it's just that I receive a lot of love and attention that anonymity has been lost and okay. worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just something you have to prepare for. It's something you're actually working for, strangely enough, yeah. as an actor. Because if nobody knows who you are, chances are you aren't in business. Right. But if when people start knowing you and they're willing to interrupt you, your meal, or you taking a dump in a public place, you've actually made it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, we all aspire for that. This is what I'm saying. Bother me while gotta, I'm on the toilet. That's what it is. You got to keep things in perspective. <laughs> right. So uh, I know you probably have a lot of them, but who are some of your favorite directors that you've worked with? Uh, Spike, Curtis Hansen, who directed 8 Mile, Gary Fleeter, who directed uh, The Express and this film Homefront that's about to come out. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I've really been fortunate, man. I've worked with some really, really high-end, talented, you know, Academy Award winning and nominated directors and writers and the whole nine. Okay. So so you mentioned Homefront, which is coming out uh, November 27th. November 27th. It is November 27th. And Jason Statham's in it, James Franco, Winona Ryder. How did you get involved with this? Uh, Through that director, through Gary Fleeter. Okay. Actually, we we made the film The Express together in 2007, I want to say we shot it. Yeah. And uh, we kept in contact and... Uh, he, I was introduced to him by Evan Jones, who is the guy that played Cheddar Bob and okay. several other roles since then, but everybody knows him from Cheddar Bob. Um, and we made that film and we kept in contact. And this thing came to him because it was supposed to be a film that Sylvester Stallone wrote for himself. Okay. But I guess that by the time he got around to it and the Expendables franchise had blown up and all this other stuff, so he decided that he wanted to, to pass it on. He didn't have time or he felt like it was, you know, somebody else's rodeo. Mm. And he kind of gifted it to Jason Statham because nice. Jason is in his camp from The Expendables and whatnot. Yeah. And so that kind of made the whole dynamic of the film younger. 
Okay. So it opened up one of the roles that was actually written for like a uh, middle-aged uh, black man to be written then for me. Mm. And so mm. the director called me and said, hey, I'm doing this new movie. I don't know if you heard about it, but I want you to be in it. And uh, and I read it, and I was like, cool, I think there's something I can do here. I think I can make this interesting. And we went down in Louisiana and shot it in New Orleans, and I just saw it the other night, and I really enjoy the film. If I was a 14-year-old, this would be my favorite. <laughs> I would watch this film, like, a hundred times. So wow. tell us about Homefront. What is it about, and who who do you play, and what's your role like? The film is about an undercover DEA agent that loses his wife, has lost his wife, and moves out to the country to where she grew up to raise his daughter as a single dad. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those guys that good luck just can't seem to find him. Right. So he then in turn, his cover gets blown by a really bad man that's played by uh, uh, James Franco. Okay. And I am the only person in this new town that plays his friend. And I'm the only person in the town that's kind of accepting to him. Everyone else is, you know, it's a small town and people are judging of him and he's got a, an accent and so people don't necessarily trust him and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And uh, and it really unfolds to be a really cool action drug, uh, uh, just interesting story. Really good movie. Okay. It's a fun movie. It's like a popcorn movie that also has some really great performances. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, I promise you. Yeah, guys. It's good. Y'all don't like it? I give you your dough back. This was this was a good movie. I really. Well, hold on. What you say? Exactly. Go ahead and say it again. <laughs> Go ahead and say it again. <laughs> Sorry, sister. I can slide you a dub if you need it. If it's like that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm you just, heard it here. I'm just saying. You know, you know what it what it almost sounds like because <laughs> if Sylvester Stallone would have did the movie, you know, could have been Forrest Whitaker in that role. So you almost took the role. Oh, from you did. I didn't even think about that. I'm right. just saying. Wow. You know? Wow. You just opened my eyes here. Right. So. <laughs> And you're going to blow my cover. <laughs> take my mask off, and I'm actually forced. It is my, uh, <laughs> so now you, you also have a, a short film coming out called Meat and Potatoes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. according to IMDb, this film is about 14 minutes long. It's about what? It's about 14 minutes long. Oh, 14 minutes long. I thought yeah. you said 14 men's law. I was like, wow, what is 14 men's law? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is – it's a short film that we made that a friend of mine um, that I worked with before – Asked me to come do something on it's a very, very interesting film. It's about a man on death row oh, wow. who propositions uh, the chef who's there to give him his last meal to kill him with the meal instead of killing him, being oh, killed wow. by, the, uh, by the actual needle. Okay. And so uh, it, it's about a lot of, a lot of the, the moral argument of the death penalty and wow. whether or not is the death penalty just – does some killing someone actually at times could it be something that's justifiable? Mm. Right? You know all of these kind of questions, and they made the short film. I haven't got to see it yet, and they're, they're hoping to parlay that into a feature. But mm-hmm. shooting it was really cool because you know we shot in an actual prison, and it wow. was very easy to get into into character because that man is tight squeeze. And yeah. who do you play in that movie? I, I play the. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Great question. I'm sorry. I play the death row inmate. Wow. I play the death row inmate whose whose propositions the chef. As to uh, who's uh, Kevin Chamberlain, um, as to whether or not to to take me out of my misery before wow. they can get the satisfaction of it, and you'll see it's very there's some very interesting dynamics about whether or not this character has been actually uh, justly 
uh, um, uh, convicted mm. or whether or not he was actually innocent or yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. Wow, I want right. to watch this for it, to it's be fourteen movie. minutes. Yeah, I know. Wow, it's, like, it's compacted in mm-hmm. fourteen yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really good picture. I have confidence in the uh, in the whole team that made it. Where can people find that? Will it be online? Or you know what? I think they're going to run it through the festivals. Okay. So I, I think you'll have to keep an eye out at whatever your local film festival is. Keep an eye there, and okay. you'll be able to find it. Look for Meat and Potatoes. It's, it's a cool, really cool name. Meat and <laughs> it Potatoes. Is. Uh, it is. There you yeah. go. And then, because you also uh, did this uh, half-hour drama for HBO, or dramedy, right, for uh, HBO with uh, Dwayne The Rock we're, Johnson. We're, we're doing it in January. Gotcha. We're okay. doing it in January. Is that's, it called Ballers? Because there's yeah. been some... Okay, right now so it's it called is... Ballers. That's a working okay. title. I don't know if it's going to, you know, remain Ballers when it hits the air, but okay. it's, uh, it's, it's a film about retired and current NFL stars okay. and mm-hmm. that wild lifestyle that, I don't know how many professional athletes you guys know, but... It's this this and yeah, stuff they, happens they in their lives. The life. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it, and it, it's a pretty cool, accurate portrayal because they have a lot of uh, insight, you know, a lot of inside information. So uh, this one, this is my baby's going to be on uh, HBO. I'm really, really excited for it. It's another thing that was written for me. Okay, thank God. And uh, you know, it's from the producers of Entourage from Mark. Yeah, so Wahlberg does it have Steve that Levinson. have that feel a little bit? I don't think that's what they're going for. I mean, I think I think they're going for. Uh, that feel in the sense that it's a it's um, an ensemble, mm. okay. but I don't think we're gonna. It doesn't follow one guy. I think that, gotcha. that it's okay. it's gonna not be so much about this one guy and his friends, whereas it's going to be about these individuals okay. and the, you know whatever thing that they're going through at the time about mm. marriage, about uh, um, about salary, about pain mm. while you play and after you play. All of the all of the things that are ripped from the headlines now. Right. You know what I mean? All wow. the stuff about the NFL. That's constantly in the headlines now is what we're going to cover. And who do you play? I play a character named Charles. Charles. Who is, uh, who's the moral center of the show. He's okay. uh, married to his, his uh, high school sweetheart. So wow. I can't give you much more than that because I, they might cut me out. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to do this. We don't well, want to do Because you're the, you're the moral center of the show, so that's good. At yeah. this point. <laughs> that's a, it's always it's a lofty. Change. Right. You never know. They're the kind of thing. It's okay. funny. You can go from hero to goat real quick. That's right. true. Ask any married man. <laughs> so you've um, written, directed, and I guess produced the movie Gordon Glass. Yeah. Are you going to do more things behind the scenes, behind the camera? Absolutely. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal okay. is to have the freedom to to create my own stuff. Um, thankfully, I've been in demand, so I haven't had a lot of time to do that. But I think as as things continue to shake out and as technology keeps advancing, because now you can get the quality. If I have any regrets about Gordon Glass, is that now I could shoot on my phone a film with higher resolution and quality than will be shot on Gordon, for Gordon Glass. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy how times have changed like that. Yeah. And that's a good thing in the sense that if you're an independent filmmaker, an independent artist of any sort, technology is at the point now where nobody can stop you from getting your art out. Right. Yeah. You know, if you go hustle up a couple dollars, you can get the, the equipment that you need to produce something. Right. Yeah. And for me, I'm planning on doing that with all of those people that I named that I loved working with, from, you know, Everybody from Benicio Del Toro to Joy Bryant to whoever. Yeah. Because this is the same talent that's going to be there, whether or not the studio is cutting the check or whether I'm cutting it. You know. Right. Don't worry, I'm available if you have a role that's like, would you like some cheese with that? that? It's funny. That was the exact reading I was going to ask you to do. I have it in my phone. He knows. Oh. I told him when, we yes. first, when I first came in. Oh, my time has come. That's what it is. So, it is. But you have to I keep the voice you. exactly do the I? same. That's what it is. So let's okay. hear it again. Would you like some cheese with that? See, that was great. That was great. Yes. So I'll, you know, we'll, so we'll, uh, we'll be in contact. <laughs> 
So maybe you could put together a demo reel of that and your rap. And then I might just make it into your next film. No, but you could have uh, a demo reel together of your rap and oh, that line. Oh, my, you're so kind. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cold word out here in Hollywood. Cold word. Right. You'll, right. you'll see this wool no. coat. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm leather gloves in the car. I tell you, my pimp hand strong. <laughs> you sound funny. Get the baby powder ready. So right, now, right. <laughs> hilarious. What What has been your biggest challenge in in Hollywood? You know, just just overcoming being put in a box. Mm. Uh, because there's the there's the potential to say, oh, that's the big guy. He's the bodyguard. Oh, that's the that's uh, the, the the guy from the lab from CSI. He can only play a scientist. Mm. That's you know whatever it is. And so that's been the biggest challenge is just to make sure that I can find and get uh, in front of the right people for those roles that I find interesting right, that right. I also think are you know. A, a very solid portrayal of the tapestry of my experience as a person that I try to translate as an artist. Yeah. Now, are there any roles that you want to tackle in the future? Uh, you know what? I don't have anything specific in mind. There was once I, I had a really good time with uh, with Spike and I. We're talking about it. it'd be great to lose some more weight and, and do Joe Lewis. Oh, wow. and uh, there was there was a you trippy do look thing. like him. It was a trippy thing. There was wow. a picture of me when we were at the boot camp that we had to do for Miracle of St. Anna. I was standing next to a picture. I didn't even, couldn't even see it, but I had more hair. And I mean, I looked a lot like the guy. He looked like he could have been like related That's to my crazy. mom. Right. Wow. And yeah. he, he's a, one of the, I think the most fascinating characters in a, American history. Right. And that would be really cool if there was a way to put that together. Wow. You do look like, I'm like seeing it right yeah, now. I just need more, put more hair. Wow. Putting that on you, that's putting that, that blessing your way. You see that? There it I is. Do. I do. I that's how I would like some it's more cheese. It's still probably not going to get you the part in the movie. That was, you know. <laughs> Who else can say, would you like some cheese with that better than me? Oh, now see? Now that was more aggression. That was would you like some cheese with, with, with that? Yes, yeah, see? Even but our producer, Steven. Even the pedophile that jumped on the speaker jumped on. <laughs> that was, uh, that that's was a little scary, actually. Uh, that's funny. I'm going to have to put him on the Megan's Law list. I don't know about... Okay. So, oh my god. You are so funny. You should have you ever thought about doing comedy? I have, but I feel like it's just too revealing. The, okay. the, I studied a lot of the stand up <coughs> artists and you know, for the people who are most effective and the people that I find the funniest, I feel like it's a very personal experience. Right. Yeah. You know? And I don't think I want to share that much with uh with the world. Okay. Maybe some point, but at this point I don't think so. You know, it, it seems like to my experience, when people do comedy, it's not like they're playing a role. They're they're right. they're bearing their themselves. Their soul, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I like to to affect change via the work that I get to do. You know, mm. it's like a it's a trip. I had a some very interesting conversation. I had an interesting conversation with Nate Parker about that. He's a very funny guy as well. Mm-hmm. Very very. It's amazing how many of the dramatic actors are really funny people. Right. Yeah. Like, David Caruso from ZSI Miami is one of the funniest people you will ever meet. Right. Nobody knows it because he's very serious mm-hmm. on the show. There you go. But in real life, David, man, that dude is funny. Very wry New Yorker with a, with a great, hilarious sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are there, if you look back over your career so thus far, uh-huh. what would you say are some of the highlights? Working in general is a highlight in Hollywood. It's hard. Right. But uh, but uh, if I had to just, you know, put together a reel, it would be uh, for sure landing the, the gig in 8 Mile. Okay. Um, for sure getting to work with some real heavyweights in Shall We Dance. Um, doing Gordon Glass because of what that did for me as, as an artist. 
you know, trying to be an independent artist. Um, doing a film that not a lot of people saw called uh, um, Things We Lost in the Fire. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. Benicio Del Toro and Halle yeah. Berry. Because I learned a lot working with uh, some real serious heavy hitters. It's a great director on that, too. Susanna Beer. Uh, she's from Denmark, I do believe. And uh, then easing into Miracle at St. Anna and CSI, that, that those would be the, that's the super, you know, to this point, those are the highlights. And, and this film, Homefront, I'm telling you guys, wait till you see it. I'm in there breaking people down. You get to see me with the Bruce Lee. With the wow. Little, you never know. I mean, that's I might hard. even bust out in the river dance for you. Hey. Wow. So but basically no, everything on no, your resume. <laughs> no, no, not everything. But it, but but there's been some there's been a, something positive to draw from every experience. Yeah. Okay, and that's been the cool part. Has there been anything that you look back and you're like, why did I do that? No, because anything that I look back on and say, why did I do it? It's usually a very simple reason why I did it. Like okay. I, I had free time or I was broke. Okay. So there's <laughs> there's usually a, a, a clear reason why I do stuff. You okay. know, I try to choose things that either I want to work with the person or I want to work in this location. I love the script, or I need to pay a bill. Mm. You know what I mean? There's, there's, and I, I've been blessed because I don't have a lot of the need to pay the bills on my, right. on my resume. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, do you have any, uh, any hobbies? Because you, earlier you said uh, that you have like some free time, but you're still busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, traveling is my hobby. Really, I, I travel a lot, and then I, I try to fill in my time seeing different parts of the world. I mean, I really have the travel bug bad. Mm. I go all over the world, and I see stuff, and I'm just amazed at how many mm-hmm. different ways there are to live a good full life you right. know and it's it's uh it's a trip culture is a wonderful thing and for us as black people we have such a wonderful culture that the world has always been interested in yeah. and so to go out and you know really vibe with other people in the world and even other parts of the country and and get to know people it's a different cuisine all that it's yeah. really good but i really you know i love to travel i love sports Okay. Those are my hobbies. More What's your favorite country? The United States is my favorite country, <laughs> actually, but uh, followed closely by Canada. The Canada, I right. promise you, right. Canada is the, other than the United States, is the best country on the planet. And the reason I really even balked to just call them all out number one is because of the weather, because it's a cold weather place, right. by and large. But Canada's a great country. Okay. But I'm a big fan of France. Uh, I had a blast in Turkey. Had a great time in Israel. Wow. I feel like people sleep on the Middle East because right. here we get so much convoluted news and it's yeah. all violence, blah blah blah. There's some good living to do in the Middle East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time in Brazil. I had a blast in Brazil. I just got back from Jamaica for the first time, and I'm man, I'm feeling idy about that. There, <laughs> there's something great almost everywhere. I do believe right. uh, just about everywhere that I've been, I've had an experience that's, that's been good. like wow. That's good. So now for. Young actors or, you know, people who are thinking about getting into the business, what's probably the best advice you can give them? Create your opportunities. I mean, at this point, you know, it's wide open for mm. people. And if you can create something that's interesting, you can then – you never know who's going to see it. So you can then in turn create opportunity right. out of just creating stuff. Right. And I don't think at any other point in, in history it's been that way. You can create stuff now. Yeah. And you can create it. There's, there's cheap ways to create it from your phone to to distribute it on the internet. You know, there's yeah. there's there's grassroots ways of getting your stuff out there. So I would just say just don't limit yourself by what's available right. uh, by by the traditional routes. Because if if I lined up ten you know recognizable actors and directors, none of them would have the same story about the route that they got to success. Yeah, it's a trip like right. that. Yeah, and so, so what persevere. A- you know, it's. All the no's are whatever. You only need one person to say yes. Right. That's true. That's true. 
Now, what uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh wow, that's a tough one. Jeez, I don't know. I, I you know, I just I want to want to be viewed as somebody who was for the, the positive progression of 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 just humanity in general. Mm. And and it seems as though at this point, the way that I can get that across is through the arts. So, I just want to be somebody who people say, "Wow, that guy did more good than than harm," and and he actually did. He tried to to help advance things. I'm really very interested in progress, in progress, and you know, diversity and the unity of people because we're all interdependent. Mm. And unfortunately, there's a, there's a handful of people and forces that divide us. I think. Right. But we're all interdependent, and the, and the sooner that we recognize that interdependence and and deal with other people as though we know them, even if we don't know them, mm. the sooner we can get to a more harmonious place. Right. It sounds kind of like a, you know, a lofty goal, but it's possible. Yeah. So I know you've got a lot of female fans around the world. Are you dating anybody? I do. You do? <laughs> well, it's funny. I have a lot. I have 53,000 men who hit me on Twitter every day. There's Still no right. There's some women in there somewhere. <laughs> Some of them might actually be women. Who knows? Um, so, <laughs> are you dating anybody Hilarious. in particular? Yeah, I got. I have. Uh, I have a. I have a private. Private squeeze that uh, shall remain nameless. A private okay. squeeze. Yeah. A private squeeze. All right, lady. Sorry, I tried to help you out on Twitter. It was. We always. Ask, <laughs> we always. We always. I'm good, ask to, that. I'm good to throw you a hug, though. Strangely enough, you don't always ask that. Interestingly <laughs> enough, but. I'm glad you asked it. Oh, we always, I always ask it on the show. Let me not say we. No, no, I no. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mean y'all. It's my first time being on BHL. Yes, but I just I'm mean we as women. And strangely enough, I don't think we do. What, what is want important? want to know if a, if a man <laughs> has true. a woman. It's like some, sometimes they don't care. They don't. You know. That's called trifling. just push up. I mean, you know, it's Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just talking about in the world, actually. I'm not just talking about in Hollywood. I'm just talking about in general. What's important in a mate for you? That she's a woman. <laughs> that, that she is a she is the top priority, <laughs> actually. Uh, and then after that, we can figure things out. What about personality-wise? Uh, it's the most important personality. I like I like people who are have big personalities like me. I like okay. I like characters. I like robust people who who are full of life. You know, okay. I'm not into shy and demure. You know, I like I like loud people who laugh loud and you know <laughs> eat a lot. And, like you know, I like I like people who have, who who are really interested in living, right? Yeah. You know, and and letting it all hang out. Right. Wow. Sounds pretty dope. There you go. All right. So, Omar, do you have any uh, anything else that you want to plug besides the home front? That's Thanksgiving is when it when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. Right? No, that's I mean that's the number one priority right now, um, and especially now that I've seen the film. And it's not just lip service. A lot of the times when you talk to actors, they're just telling you it's a good film because that's their job. Yeah. But I've actually seen the film, and it's awesome. Right. And the film is actually really, really good. And, uh, you know, I think people have come to count on me when they're spending their money because it's expensive to go to the movies now. Mm. And so, you know, if you can take your girl out to the movies and you're working on the minimum wage job, you can't afford the movie to be whacked. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't plan to be in any bad ones. So that's this good. is a good movie. There you go. That's my seal of approval. And right. where can your fans find you online? Uh, Twitter's probably the best place. It's at Omar Miller. It goes right to my phone. It's like you have my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you crazy Please. stalkers out there. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Hit them hit on, on Twitter. Hit Megan, where can people find you? As always, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Meg Scoop, like Scoop of Ice Cream. Don't forget to check out Homefront on November 27th. We can see our favorite person, Omar Miller. 
because he's so talented. <laughs> Favorite person? Wow. You're and where right. can we find you on the internet? <laughs> All over the internet at the Nick Purdue. That's it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Okay. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming in. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited for for the movie. Wait till you see it. You guys, you can hit me up afterwards. I, I will. I will tweet it and I'll be like, hey. she will too. And even if she did like it, she's gonna want her twenty dollars. <laughs> I am, and I'm I gonna ask tell. you too. Don't worry. <laughs> give me my money back. Exactly. And I'm gonna give you another line about the cheese. Yes. And thank you guys for for watching. This has been another episode of Black Hollywood Live. Next. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. For once, Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.